Welcome to Cowboy Ed, where we saddle up and ride around all sorts of educational issues. And today we have a special guest. We've been talking a lot about what teachers are facing, why teachers are leaving the profession, what do we need to do to help teachers. So we went out and we took the ponies out and we found ourselves a, a new teacher, a teacher that's just getting started. And we're going to just pick her brain a little bit to see how the first year is going, um, what she thinks. Oh, who knows where this ride will go. But we are super happy to have Rachel Henkel with us. How are you doing, Rachel? I'm good. How are you? Doing doing well. So tell everybody out there, uh, tell all the listeners, what, what do you teach? Um, I teach family and consumer science education um, for middle schoolers. So pretty much that's just... Uh, covers all the basis of cooking, sewing, child development. So those are the three things that I teach here. So the biggest one is how to not burn the house down <laughs> is probably the safest one. Um, so this is your, your first year, uh, first year teaching. And so how we're about a month into the school year. What's been the, the really positive, like the surprising thing? I think probably just seeing everything come together. Um, the first couple of weeks were pretty hard. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. But then after I have built those relationships with my students, they're starting to respect me. Um, seeing that my planning and extra hours coming into work have um, paid off where I've had lessons go really, really well, but yeah, Pretty much just that, seeing all the things paying off for me. So let's go right after that. That is, that's so good that you're, we're only a month in and you're starting to see some, some positives. What's a couple things you wish, just at a month in, you wish you would have known a month ago? To be an advocate for myself, I think. Um, so after college, you don't really want to do anything. So I took the summer off. I didn't do anything slept till noon every day um and i was like oh in july i'll start planning um once august gets here i'll start decorating my classroom and july came and went and august got here and i hadn't planned anything and i hadn't set up my classroom and i was just waiting for somebody to email me come get your keys or come do this come set up your classroom and i think i waited too long because all of a sudden they're like oh we're doing our new teacher training and I hadn't set up anything and little did I know if I would have just gone in or asked somebody if they would have gotten me my keys and I would have been off on a good start. <laughs> I've had the pleasure of working in a few different districts and go through different new teacher orientation and, and those pieces as well. And so thinking back to your question, because we've spent a lot of time uh, with with Maya, because she works with the University of Wyoming and, and pre-service teachers. And so we spent a lot of time talking about the expectations put on teachers uh, outside of school, outside of their, um, you know, eight to five, if you will, or, or whatever that time slot looks like. And I love the way you put um, advocate for yourself. But in that, you also said advocate for yourself, and then you could have came in and got your your room done and, and those things. So I, I guess the other thing that 
maybe our, our listeners out there, especially our administrators out there could hear is that the fact that should that time, should that time be just expected of you to do on your own on weekends on those things. But if it would have been built into that new teacher orientation, that probably could have alleviated a lot of stress. Fair to say? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I think they gave us about a day or a day and a half or something to set everything up, but my vision took a lot longer than that. Um, something, so I student taught here in Cheyenne, and something my student, uh, well, cooperating teacher always told me was, you only work so many hours hours of the day and you only make so much money, don't overwork yourself. Because if you overwork yourself, you're not getting paid for those hours that you're working, if that makes sense. <laughs> for, for sure. And, and we've, you know, it's a unique, it's a very unique profession in the sense of, I, I believe the people that go in it are naturally have a tendency to go the extra mile, give the extra a little bit. And so your cooperating teacher, your mentor teacher was, was spot on with a lot of things we've talked about and, and a lot of things that we're seeing happen nationally in, in that you are a person first um, and all the things that make you up uh, and, and your job is part of that, but your job is not who you are. And so we're a unique profession in the sense that First and foremost, we usually identify ourselves instead of by our name, by whether we're, we're, we're married or, or whether we're doing, we, we identify as teachers. And so that's unique to this profession that that is um, usually our first. And, and that is so, so true that you only work so many hours and you have to balance that. So as you are, I mean, we're still, we're still literally a month in. We are, haven't got through the first quarter. We're about, I think, oh, about a little bit about three weeks away from the end of first quarter. So those classes you took, all those classes back in college, and, and we'll leave colleges off the hook um, where you went to school and, and that, because um, we're, we're not about saying this college does it better or worse, but what were the classes that you're right now going, wow, that was super helpful. Those, those classes really did help me with where I'm at right now. Um, probably the classes that helped me the most were – those first off hands-on classes that helped me learn my content. So my sewing classes, cooking classes, nutrition classes. Besides that, I thought my classes that gave me a lot of um, classroom ideas. So things that I could put into my lessons, uh, such as like lesson planning, how uh, to put more fun things into my lessons instead of just, okay, take these notes and take a test sort of thing. It also helped me to be able to know how to uh, do like formative assessments, uh, which I use all the time, just checking for my students' understandings. Um, but besides that, I don't honestly remember. <laughs> well, sounds like college was fun, like most of us can attest to. So let's 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 tip the apple cart a little the other way and say, so when you look back and if you could take some classes out of your schedule uh, for education. What are, what are the classes as you look back at? And granted, this is only a one month in window um, that you're like, that was not probably the best use of my time. Uh, if I'm being honest, I don't remember just because I 
I don't know if I have a bad memory or I just block things out that I don't think are important, I guess. So the classes I do remember are the ones where I took things from them where I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to use this in my classroom. Or I'm like, oh, this makes me so excited to be a teacher. But the other ones, um, I just remember doing a lot of online tests that were like hundreds of questions or um, classes that had 19 assignments due every week. Uh, and all I remember about those were that I didn't want to do them. And I probably looked up a Quizlet for every <laughs> test that I took. <laughs> so that just highlighted a point. We spent a lot of time talking about, because um, we actually started this during COVID. And so you, you ha half part of your college experience was all dealing with COVID. So you probably have more online experience than well, than the majority of veteran teachers coming out. And so share with us what you thought of that experience. COVID was awful for everybody, obviously. Um, while COVID was going on, I was also on my college basketball team. So I was dealing with the stress of school while also dealing with the stress of, are we going to be able to play a game? Am I going to be able to breathe during practice because I'm wearing a mask? Besides that, uh, no, COVID. So we still got to go to our campus. I still was able to live on my campus. And uh, it was pretty okay. I went to a small college anyways. But besides that, uh, wearing masks, just I didn't like it. I mean, who did like it? <laughs> um, we didn't have as many events going on on campus. We didn't get to do what people would call the college experience, which affected a lot of us. Um, besides that, classes, uh, I had online classes before and after COVID, so it didn't really change that much. Yeah, because such, because we were such a small college, I don't think it affected us as much as others, but with my basketball career, it definitely affected that more than I would have known. But one more thing I would add, I think, um, they didn't take enough measures for student mental health during that time. I think for me as a student athlete, especially, um, we went to practice the same amount of times wearing masks and we didn't get to do our fun team outings as much as we wanted to. Um, I was also a resident advisor at that time, so I helped with the students living on campus and we didn't get to do all the activities that we usually planned and people were just depressed and it was just a sad time. And yes, my campus had free counseling available, but most oftentimes there wasn't enough counselors for the people who wanted to go see them. Um, or just even resources for people who were like, okay, I'm sick and they needed a place to stay they would put them in the cheapest hotel in town you know and they'd all be closed in no windows you know what I mean so it was it was just a tough time and anybody doing school at that time was probably struggling well and it's I mean I appreciate that I mean we've saw we've talked a fair amount about mental health um, over the last couple of years but uh, oftentimes we think about um, people involved, uh, athletes, 
and and then being you know involved with the the dorms but those people involved oftentimes we think first and foremost that they're all good that life's all good for them and that it's the the students that aren't involved in anything that are the ones that are might be struggling or just miss out on those things and and those fun activities what they do for our our mental health i think that's such a valuable point and, and I think going back to your earlier answer about what was beneficial in class, I, I think that's probably beneficial in your classes right now. I know in my own, that idea of, is there something we're doing that's fun uh, versus, I oftentimes think about school as we are the great fun police and we try to take as much fun out of school and make it about getting, getting work done, getting this accomplished and we lose just the enjoyment of that. So both of those two pieces are, I mean, I, I think that's pretty important to, to remember. And as we continue to battle the, the mental health issue and the, the, the results of, of COVID as well, uh, we're still facing that issue with not enough counselors, uh, college level, high school level, middle school level. I mean, we, we could just go and, and you could look at that nationally as well. It's definitely a challenge. So the teachers you went through your um, degree program with, do you still keep in contact with some of them? Yes, some of them, a few. I still need to send some thank you notes <laughs> for sure. But yeah, sometimes I'll send them an email. Can you help me with this? Because uh, they were a fellow FCS teacher like me. Besides that, I'm... I just have friends there. Uh, the The professors at my college were very uh, personable, so you could always talk to them if you were in this class. They'd be like, oh, okay. It was a lot like, like a high school to me, I guess, what I felt like. So your professors and, and those colleagues that you still shoot an email to, with, are, are they struggling with different things than you are? Are they on the same page? Is it, I mean, obviously, the... I think for our listeners out there, the, the key part that is important is the fact that you have this little micro network as you're starting out to back to the mental health side, back to all these pieces, just to to bounce ideas off that you're not <laughs> alone in the FCS room with uh, people with cooking brownies. So uh, the, those colleagues are are they what are they sharing as struggles? Um, I don't know if it's so much as struggles. I usually just ask a lot of questions, so <laughs> I'm like, how do I figure out how to handle these different behaviors coming at me? How can I make my classroom a better place to be? Sort of those kinds of questions. Um, I am kind of a perfectionist sometimes, so teaching for me is just kind of a struggle at times <laughs> because you have to be able to think quick quick on your feet and if something doesn't go right you have to be okay with that which I think I'm slowly learning so I just kind of use them as a resource to ask questions too well yeah teaching is the art of imperfection looking like reasonably polished if you will I, I yeah the nothing every lesson seems to from technical difficulties to uh, students being gone students coming back not knowing what they need. I mean, there's always those hiccups along the way that, that yeah, you just you just shake your head and go, hmm. So here, here's the next question, and, and not to put you on the spot, but a new teacher coming in, month in, uh, I know 
the the big scary piece for for new teachers especially is uh your evaluation and evaluation processes usually start in october and, and november and get that and so at, at this point from day one till now are you looking forward to the evaluation let me start there no <laughs> okay the honest answer um and so unfortunately in education and, and like i said i've been doing this for a long time that the evaluation is is somewhat of a stressful thing and said but on the other side you played college basketball and you were evaluated every day by a coach and you were given feedback and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting that because you played after high school that you enjoyed that process of being evaluated and improving and all those things but yet when we come into education maybe it's just like a lot of jobs but we come in that evaluation has a different meaning to it so what would you like to see out of the evaluation process, as, as especially as a new teacher, because a teacher that's been doing it for 10 years is definitely going to want something different. But what do you want from the evaluation? I think something that I would probably want from my evaluation, uh, just honesty, but also, uh, I can't think of the word where they're kind of nice to me. <laughs> kind of put it on softly instead of just this is what you're doing wrong and this is what you need to do. Maybe patience, I guess. Uh, I really want to know if I'm doing a good job or not. But besides that, maybe tips of how to be better, not just you're doing this wrong and nothing telling me, oh, this is how you're going to be better. Like, like how you said in basketball, I'm being evaluated all the time. So my coach would watch us. I would do something wrong. She'd come up to me. Okay, if you tried this, it would maybe work better for you. I think just a lot of that. Um, but also, I really need to be told how good of a job I'm doing also, um, or else I get very negative and down on myself. Um, I really love praise, and I mean, who doesn't love praise? But I think it's really good tool for your the people who are a little higher up than you, who are evaluating you, to tell you that you are doing a good job in these places. Um, you can improve here, but you still are doing a good job over here. For sure. And, and whether it's a new teacher or a veteran teacher, I, I think we all like positives. And in general, the, the hardest part about education is we are the target of a lot of negative things that might not even actually impact us or our classrooms or any of those things, but because we're in education, we uh, get that negative, negative feedback, negative press, negative all those things. So I, I think it's funny, and I think it's important that it gets said probably a hundred times that the more we literally no different than our own students, the more we encourage them and support them and give them positive feedback, the better our students are going to do. And that goes for the same with our staff. It goes for the same with our, our teachers, whether they're new or, or been doing this for a while. The more we throw those little positives at them, the challenge being um, is in, a, in a, an evaluation setting, uh, we talked about coaching and coaches see you practice every single day. They see games, they watch game tape, they have all this, these opportunities to evaluate um, and, and improve you and improve the team. 
unfortunately, we, we get in a situation where administrators are oftentimes not even watching, using the basketball example, not even watching a game tape. They're literally watching um, maybe even less than a quarter and uh, evaluating your whole game, your whole basketball ability, your whole everything on that quarter. And so, I mean, it, that, that's the important part. And, and I would throw this out to you that it goes back to this idea that you brought up earlier about advocating for yourself. Don't be afraid to, and, and not, not brag about yourself, but don't be afraid to, if you think something's going good or you, you think something is going to go good and you put a lot of time into a lesson, don't be afraid to ask, send that email to an administrator or send that email to another teacher. Um, whether it's another the other FCS teacher in the building or another teacher that is in um, in your core or that you you've touched base with and say hey I'm doing I'm doing this can you just stop stop by uh, and and have them drop in or our behavior we, we've got other people and so advocate for yourself that way as well uh, because just like that the principal the behavior person all those other people oftentimes they're only in our room where they're only having a conversation with us. If there's a student that needs a little extra guidance or, or those things, which seems to be more of a negative. Uh, but if we can invite them to be part of the positives, they also see a lot of classrooms, see a lot of different things and, and can give you feedback and give us I and mean, give us all. So don't don't lose sight of that uh, as far as as advocating for yourself. So. I'm going to give you one last quick question, because this ride, as always, has has been fast and furious. Uh, any any last things that you want new teachers, either you want to say for new teachers or you want to say you wish you would have known as a new teacher? I knew you were going to ask this question, and I swore to myself, oh, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to come up with ideas, and uh, of course, now my mind is blank. Um, but I think uh, just don't be too hard on yourself. I am really good at that. <laughs> Don't let your relationships fall away from you, I would say. Make time for yourself and make sure you don't stay at school all the time. <laughs> I think uh, teaching for sure comes with a lot more work than I ever knew it would, um, but that's also not a horrible thing because I think that I would tell myself, okay, this is going to be a lot of work, but you can do it. Um, but also that you'll see that it's worth it because you are a good teacher who comes up with really good lessons for your students and your students want to come to your class because they like being around you. And um, I think one thing that I would encourage new teachers to do is to not um, feel bad for just showing a video for a day but don't fall into the habit of doing that every day I guess still have your own creative juices I guess for your classroom because once I figured out that um, once I got out of the first couple of weeks where I was like okay I have so much to do we're just gonna watch this informative video and do a worksheet once I started doing my own lessons, where I was like, okay, we're going to do a scavenger hunt, and we're going to um, play with Play-Doh and make different, uh, uh, what is the word, 
shapes shapes sure <laughs> of uh things that we're thinking about that day that's when i started really liking my job instead of okay here we go again i know this kid's going to call me a mean name <laughs> and never stop talking the whole class i'm going to take him out in the hallway twice and then he's going to end up going to the principal's office the last five minutes <laughs> instead of thinking about that every day i started focusing on okay my classroom is going to look cute because I like that and it makes me happy. My classes are going to be more of what I want to teach and what I think is fun because if I'm not having fun lessons, then my students aren't either. And that's when the behavior problems start happening and when I start getting really stressed or not wanting to be here. But the days where I had those things prepared were the best days, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, I guess just focus on having good days instead of dreading the next, I think is what I would say. Well, we are so happy to have you joining us. And we are going to check back in with you by the end of the year and see what a veteran, like, three-month or 12-month teacher looks like um, and what advice you would give yourself at that point. But I, I absolutely appreciate the honesty in your answers. Uh, and and you, you, the last one was the spot on. You, you, your classes have to be fun to you before you can ever bridge that to students. And so that's a huge piece. And I'm, I'm excited to uh, hear how, how the, rest of the rest of the year goes. But with that, this ride has to an end so let's head them up move them on move them on head them up head them up move them on cowboy Ed on the run